Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Redbeard Radio. This week, I'm going to be hosting myself, and uh, super excited because we have a fantastic guest who's going to be joining us in just a little bit, Martin Blomers, the founder of uh, Get Protocol. Um, but before we jump in, a uh, couple things to note. One, I want to first thank our sponsor, Alto. Alto, for those that don't know, Alto lets individuals invest in all kinds of alternative assets with their retirement funds through a self-directed IRA. It's an easy-to-use platform. Investors get to, to bring their own deals to Angel Invest. They get access to a variety of different alternatives throughout through their integrated partners. And now with the launch of Alto Marketplace, people can invest in leading private funds, typically reserved for the ultra wealthy and professional investors. So I'm a customer of Alto and very excited to be an investor in Alto. So we're very, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have them as sponsors of Redbeard Radio. As always, guys, if you can subscribe, like, uh, feel free to comment with any questions. We check the comments and we try to answer any questions that you might have. Um, but then, yeah, let's, let's jump right in. So for this week on Red Beer Radio, we're going to be jumping into uh, one of the, well, the leading ticketing platform, decentralized ticketing platform in Web3. Um, and before we jump in, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, my thoughts in general and how we think about investing in, you know, kind of consumer focused applications when it comes to Web3. You know, like for us, I think the way I've, I've always kind of looked at it or the way I'm looking at things when I think about investing right now. You know, when, when I think back about five, seven years ago, a lot of the, the big investment winners of, uh, you know, 2017 to 2020 that now like they have had the biggest gains were early, were early in the infrastructure space, like building, investing in the blockchain, um, in the block space at the, at the, at the uh, L1 and L2 level. Um, and I think that now as we've started to see maturity take place across the blockchain, uh, I think we're now entering into a phase where we're going to start to see the next layer up of infrastructure and applications be the big winners of these next invest of the the next wave of investing across Web three. And I think it's it's interesting because there's a, there's a few different things that have that these applications have going for them. You know, obviously when it comes to crypto and the blockchain, you know, a lot of what 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 spurs interest and and and, and growth in the market cap of these uh, of these businesses is speculation. But like, you know, speculation has uh, is a very powerful tool when we think about its role in web3. Um, you know, speculation drives attention. Speculation, you know, a speculation drives, uh, you know, uh, fuels more money invested into these tokens and into these platforms. And you know, when we start to see more more interest, it also means more utility, more users, more innovation. So, you know, the way I look at this is that as a token appreciates, the flywheel spins, and and that's why I get so excited about these these token driven real world businesses. You know, if we can ride a little bit of the the speculative interest, you know, what I see is you have short term gains, but long term growth as the technology matures, and that becomes a win win situation. So, you know, as so, I guess like this is a space that moves very very quickly, but I think the way we are thinking about it is we're looking at, you know, we we I love to find these businesses where I believe that they are solving problems in ways that you know couldn't exist beforehand. That they couldn't they couldn't be solved the same way beforehand um, until the blockchain has now introduced new opportunities and, and 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 new potential for solutions. And I think when you come to think when you think about 
you know, those types of of those types of opportunities for applications to be solved in unique ways. I think ticketing is one of the obvious ones that really come to mind, which is why you know I've been paying attention to Get Protocol for for years now, and and really excited to jump in and just learn more, talk more about the business, and and help sh- shed some light on, on on its story. So, without further ado, let's just jump right in and bring Martin up to up to uh, join the conversation. Hi, Drew. Hey, Martin. How you doing, buddy? Good. How's it going? Good. Eventful is, uh, is usually my standard answer. Yeah. Where are we calling in from today? Uh, Amsterdam. So we're uh, we're we're located in Amsterdam. I live in Amsterdam, and I have uh, the head office located in Amsterdam as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So most people don't know. Let's like for most people, let's assume they've never heard of Get Protocol. Let's give a. Can you give a little bit of the background story? Tell us a little bit about you know. Hey, what's your journey to Web three look like? Like, how did you get into this? And then uh, let's talk a little bit about what what Get Protocol is. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm I'm Michael Bloomers. I used to be a corporate lawyer. Uh, I used to work for the central bank, so the Dutch central bank here. Um, so straight out of university, it was uh, the financial crisis, so the Great Financial Crisis, two thousand eight, um, and they asked me to sort of uh, help with the bankruptcy of a bank here. A uh, very fraudulent bank, by the way. Um, and so I stuck around because there was no other jobs at the moment uh, at that time. Um, and then they asked me to, uh, after uh, some time, uh, Bitcoin became something. Um, and they, uh, well, it, obviously it was a topic of conversation there. Um, and they asked me to write something about it. Um, and I did. Um, was sort of bitten by the bug immediately. Uh, didn't buy any uh, Bitcoin, um, unfortunately. Uh, but um, it always sort of kept in my mind. And then I started to practice law uh, out of my own uh, law firm, very small law, for, law firm. Uh, but I was very interested in the tech always. Um, and then when e- e- Ethereum came up, uh, that was when I uh, went all into uh, the space. Um, and I was really, I was the hammer looking for a nail. Um, and then um, I just listened to, I think, a podcast or a radio documentary about secondary ticketing, and that's when it clicked. And um, I thought, all right, this is this is a use case which we could actually solve, right? Um, it has merit. Um, it's not this huge thing. It's not like a mortgage on chain or something. So it's 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 small enough to be funny and um, and, and 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 to see if it actually worked. Um, and so we got started. Um, and basically, we got lucky because we. Uh, we rang the doorbell of this very famous artist here in Holland, and the rest is history. And now we have, I think, 44 people Amsterdam um, been in the business for seven years, over seven years. Uh, on-chain ticketing is basically our game. So let's so let's talk about okay. So the you know being in business for seven years in the blockchain space is is a is a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, can we talk? Can we, can, we talk, can we talk about the evolution a little bit? Like, what was it like? Explain to people what you were working on, let's say seven years ago, as opposed to now. Like, how is how has that changed and how has that shifted? Uh, yeah, so so we we started out issuing admission rights as NFTs uh, even then. So it's a very mm-hmm. at, at, at the very beginning, it was a grossly expensive because we could only register on uh, on layer one on ETH, um, and also the added value uh, it provided wasn't that much. Basically, what we could do is. We could bring some transparency and some accountability to the space, right? So people could see, all right, this is the original tech. N- nobody did, obviously. 
Um, so at that point, people had just no idea. They just thought we were some smart guys uh, who, who could who could basically help uh, eliminate secondary ticketing, uh, which which we did. Um, the irony is that we did it in a very Web two way at the at the time. But uh, hey, uh, if it works, it works. Um, and then you had mm-hmm. at a certain point, I think it was uh, early two thousand seventeen or two thousand seventeen. Then the ICO uh, ICO boom came, and then everybody knew what blockchain was. Um, and then, uh, to be honest, it was just something, something blockchain and people would just throw money at you. Um, so this insurer mm-hmm. did uh, in our case. Uh, but still, we've always built and, and we've always uh, uh, yeah, kept our eyes on the price. And the, and, and the price in our case is we want a decentralized inventory of admission rights. That's, that's, that's the holy grail. So we want an artist to say, hey, I am just going to do this tour, whatever. Um, these are the admission rights. I don't care who sells them, but this data standard should be should be applied. And then Via Goga can sell them, Ticketmaster can sell them, everybody can sell them. Um, that's basically the the main goal. What we uh, what we try to do. And yes, the story has mm-hmm. evolved throughout the years a lot. Uh, we've done a lot of pivots, uh, but the main vision always uh, remained intact. It still is. Okay, so can you can you talk about it from a just from a pure let's rem- like what is the what are the like the challenges that you're addressing in the ticketing industry through Get Protocol? Like what are you what are you guys solving for? Yeah, so so in the in the ticketing industry, there are uh, quite a few things that are yeah I I I want to say broken. The ticketing companies are way more than ticketing companies. So basically what they do is they provide liquidity for all of the creatives. Uh, so, um, and, and, and the way they do that, because banks are not going to touch uh, uh, events or festivals, it's, it's, it's just nothing that they would touch. Um, so what they basically do is if you reach a certain skill as a ticketeer, what you do is you virtually integrate the entire value chain. So you want to own the venues, you want to own the management, um, uh, and obviously you want to own ticketing. So um, the biggest example everybody, uh, especially in the US knows, is, is, is Ticketmaster Live Nation, right? So they did this merger, um, and now they basically control the market because what they do is, because they control the entire value chain, they basically negotiate with themselves, right? Uh, all of the time. Um, this is not good for consumers, uh, usually, uh, as, as you might imagine. Um, but it's also not good for artists because what you get is, is, is for Ticketmaster or uh, any other big conglomerate in the events industry, what they want to do is they want to churn out as much money as, 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 as possible, right? Uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, but, but shareholder value is all they, uh, they care about. So they always go for sure things. Um, And in a cultural sense, that is a bad thing because you get the lowest common denominator of what everybody likes. Um, And personally, I think it's very boring. So I I I would like to to empower artists to uh, basically create whatever they want um, and give them the tools to actually uh, make that a reality. Um, And we think with a decentralized data standard and permissionless ticketing, so it's it's basically just like Bitcoin. So, So every artist can control their entire own ticketing if they wish. Um, and what we do is we provide extra layers to remove friction along the way, right? So if you're an artist and you you know Solidity, you can code straight up to the, 
uh, the smart contracts. Nobody's willing to do that. So obviously we have dashboards, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, and that's basically what we have built throughout the seven years we are in existence is you have this core, uh, basically the smart contract stack, which is being expanded um, as the space evolves and you can do more, right? Um, and we have the entire suite to remove as much friction as possible. So for my aunt who is 75, she can just buy a ticket for theater very normally. She wouldn't even know she touched crypto, um, but they're, they're um, uh, yeah. So between that and the artist, uh basically um, signing um, the events contract to issue new tickets everything's possible now and basically we've just finished sort of building that entire suite only just okay so so the so, so the can you talk through the key like the experience through each lens so like i'm an event let's say i'm an event creator yeah. i'm a producer of events um i go to i i'd be interested in going to get for for what? Like, what would be the reason why I would want to go to get, and then what would be the benefits to me as a creator, yeah. as an event producer? Yeah. So, so we we often call them the promoter, and these are the guys who basically take the financial risk uh, of the event. So they have a few problems. Mm -hmm. They have a liquidity problem, um, and that's usually quite a big one. Um, they have a data problem because ticketing companies do not give them all of the data. Um, and uh, they want to maximize their their turnover, obviously, uh, but without scaring people, right? Um, so usually they are not very familiar with blockchain or anything of the sort. So basically what we do uh, is go to them and say, hey, how would you like more money and more data? Usually they're quite receptive to, uh, to those uh, two remarks. Um, the way we do that is uh, one, uh, we control the secondary market through uh, uh, blockchain, right? So it's uh, we can basically program the behavior of the ticket. Um, and the other thing is we have this entire audit trail of the ticket. So every time a ticket is sold or resold, we have the new person. So this also gives you a lot of extra um, uh, possibilities. So we are able to actually know who is in the venue at any certain time which means we can directly communicate with all of the actual attendees. Um, and normally in, in, let's say, the Web2 world, you just bought uh, four tickets for all of your friends. So a ticket master or anybody else would just have this one data point. And if you uh, or your group wouldn't go, um, all the data was lost because you would sell, sell it on Viagogo and they had no idea who's, uh, who's at, the, at the station. So that's basically the first thing. Uh, the second thing, uh, we are, well, me personally, I'm very enthusiastic about this. Um, we have a new functionality we are going to roll out this uh, quarter. Uh, it's event financing. And what we do there is we basically use the to-be-sold NFTs as programmable collateral to source liquidity from DeFi protocols uh, to pre-finance the event. Um, personally, I think yeah. Yeah, that that is going to be a, a big, big thing in the, in the industry. So we really yeah, I mean, that opens up a huge opportunity because, you know, in the past there was one company that's doing all that financing, but now you're opening up the the liquidity the, that these the ability for a consumers to participate in the gains of of events that they're producing. B, you have far more events that can be uh, you have events that can be produced without just one person being the uh, the authoritative uh, view on what event can and cannot be done. Um, so, and this is the kind of thing that blockchain enables is Definitely. decentralizing. What do you think, exact, Drew? This would, is the exact. Would, 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 do you think that, that retail would, would sort of 
be able to fill up the the gap, the like the demand and liquidity? I mean, if you think about it, there are if if, if retail's already uh, participating in a lot of these ticketings for events, of course they would. Yeah, yeah, they're buying and, the tickets for the events anyway. So these are, and this is an opportunity for them. Let's say you felt you're a, you're a fan of an artist that you want to go to the shows or participate in the shows. You know, you could be going, but lending up front so your actual attendance can be half could be a substantially reduced yeah. price because yeah. you are earning by participating in the in the in the financing of the event. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but so so we were aiming for a yield between like nine and thirteen percent, which is quite decent. But I think for right. DeFi folk, it's it's going to be a bit on the realistic side, so to speak. Yeah, realistic side. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and 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 also like the sales cycle is quite long. So so I'm just very curious if because I think that there's going to be a lot of demand. I'm very curious to see if if we can fill the the demand for the liquidity with retail only, or we have, like we're also talking to institutions, obviously. Uh, yeah, but, um, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I'm just I was just curious about uh, on your take. Yeah, let let's yeah, hope I mean, I, 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 yeah. Listen, it's it's the kind of thing that could become a signal of fandom as well. You yeah, know, just like supporting certain artists and supporting certain contribute certain uh, events to be to actually that you want to see happen. Putting your money where your mouth is—it's a really—it's a really interesting way to get people participating in a unique level, and then give them an opportunity to earn. Can you can let's talk about the token, get token, because I know yeah. that's a that's a, an important, that's a very important like component to this whole ecosystem. Uh, tell us about how that began, you know, and its journey, and like and what its role is in the in the ecosystem. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this, this this is quite quite a um, long story. So. Uh, we already had a product. We were always selling tickets on chain before we had a token. Um, then the whole ICO uh, ICO boom came up. Uh, we were basically just sitting with. Uh, I think the team was like five people at the time or something. We said, "All right, are we going to do this?" Mm-hmm. Um, and um, well, eventually, uh, especially the tech guys were sort of against it. Uh, but I said, "Hey, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity," and we sort of grasp that getting like that like the entry barrier into this into this industry is like really really high said so guys we're gonna need this money um so uh, basically we said okay we're gonna we're gonna do an ico but we're gonna do it like super vanilla uh we don't want to any risk and we're gonna uh, we, 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 we'll, we'll just do it very very dutch way uh, so very prudent etc uh, etc et so that's what we did um we've raised at the time it was Ten thousand nine hundred thirty-four ETH sounds like a whole lot right now. Uh, it was way less then. Yeah. Um, what it does is so again, we want permissionless ticketing, right? So uh, we are a protocol as well. So mm-hmm. I don't want to hand out permission to anyone who sort of wants to issue the admission rights. So what we do is basically we say, hey, uh, you have this this uh, this entry fee to our sort of walled garden uh, where you can issue those admission rights. And that's the token. So it's the, it's the fuel to run the engine for creation of admission rights. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, all of the value, so the ticket fees we process is settled on chain, uh, has been doing so for quite a while. So, so far, I think we sold, uh, well, I can actually give you the, the exact number right now. I think we sold around and about what is it? So it's 5.3 million tickets, over 5.3 million tickets right now. Um, and in, mm-hmm. in total, we've used 
over a million uh, of the token. We've minted 30 million in total. Um, obviously, what we are trying to get to as fast as possible is that all of our clients on whatever level uh, they need to use a certain amount of get tokens, right? So if you are willing to uh, endure a lot of friction, it's a little amount of get tokens. Do you want to en endure zero friction? It's more get tokens. Um, what we want is we want to get in a position where the market demand from our clients is high enough that that will be the, uh, the lower end of the price. Um, and we mm -hmm. think that by the end of 2025, uh, we will be there with the signed deals. So this is signed. Um, and then the price right. should be higher, a little bit higher than where it's right now. Um, mm -hmm. And that's apart from the speculation. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think we, um, personally, I think our token economics is a work of art. Uh, but, but right, that's uh, great. I'm 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 very curious to to hear if uh, if other people agree. Uh, well, what is what do you what? And can you talk about the staking? Because I know that's an I always I I think that's a really important part of this is that it's not just lock up your token and earn for that. It's there's a real there's a real um, material business that's driving staking rewards, which I think is really important. Yeah. So the staking is uh, it's 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 actually very elegant because because it's so simple. So what, what, what you can do mm -hmm. is you can stake your tokens. So you can stake your get tokens uh, in a contract. Um, basically what it does is, uh, so because we settle all of the value on chain, uh, some of the revenue goes to the staking contract. Um, and basically the amount of get tokens you can withdraw from the liquidity pool of the staking contract only can only grow because uh, we can never sell less tickets. We can only sell more tickets, right? Uh, uh, so, so even if we sell zero tickets in a year, uh, your uh, amount of get tokens you could uh, withdraw from the from the uh, liquidity pool would still be the same. So, in that sense, there is little risk. Mm -hmm. um, and what we do is twenty percent of all revenue goes to the stakers, um, and obviously it really helps speculation because at the moment I think. Almost a third of all of the circulating supply is staked, uh, which yep. really helps uh, to uh, get us closer to that point where the market demand will drive the uh, the bottom of the token price. Sure, you know most most speculators. I think the the general consensus around speculators on tokens is that. Yes, you want you like it's it's easier to speculate on a token, especially if there's a narrative behind it that makes sense to people. And this isn't it's an easy like in, in crypto, it's not always easy to digest a use case. It's not always easy to digest tokenomics. But when things are pretty straightforward and simple, we sell tickets, those tickets are sold on chain. 20% of the revenue goes to the people that are supplying, that are staking their tokens. Like that is a very easy yeah. thing to understand. And those types of things make it easy for people to talk about, which fuels speculation, which fuels interest, awareness, eyeballs, et cetera. And those things, th those things create a very uh, powerful flywheel. Yeah, we, th we think as well. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, mm -hmm. so, so we were very, very much focused on building because like if you do ticketing there there's one thing i, I also i i, I didn't know, know um if you do ticketing stability it really is the most uh important thing i can offer a client so so 
Uh, in Holland, we have our own ticketing company. It's it's one of the top three ticketing companies in Holland. It's a very crowded market. It's a small country, obviously, but it's a very crowded market. Yep. So we do these big concerts, mm -hmm. uh, the stadium concerts here. Um, and then we process uh, six and a half, seven and a half million euros in one hour for our clients. That is nothing to uh, to fool around with. Um, so what no. we had to do just to sort of even 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 be taken serious in this market, be taken become crazy stable. Uh, so so we have this very good reputation here in Holland. Um, but that meant that we, we had to build a lot of things uh, before we can basically uh, draw the crypto attention to us. Um, and, and, and only just uh, literally since last year, we think that the product suite is in a place where we can start thinking about, all right, so now we need those crypto eyeballs on us. Um, and um, um, yeah, and basically... Um, unleash the token so, so basically we're, we're, we're just starting yeah. with, the, with, the, with with the actual promotion of it yeah yeah that makes that makes sense so well that led me up to two questions one are there any scalability limitations or scalability challenges like what what are what are the are there any constraints on in terms of scale uh yes there are um mm -hmm. but it depends on what level of friction you're talking about so if you're saying mm -hmm. you you are going for the zero friction option there are scalability uh, issues. Um, architecturally, we, we, we have them settled. We just need to scale up. Uh, so, so it's not like it's not uh, anything we couldn't solve. Um, but Jeff Bezos uh, would, would become a lot richer because like, especially dev development operations would be quite costly. Um, but that's the only thing, uh, especially where with, with, with the layer twos and layer threes, uh, we think we can actually facilitate on-chain ticketing more and more, so completely on-chain, um, which is a very large upside for us because then the development operations are, are way less of a, of a problem for us. Um, and and in, in that sense, then there are no uh, scalability uh, limitations. Only thing is like every specific kind of event needs specific functionalities uh which we haven't built for all of the events yet right so you can imagine that that a theater and, uh, and and like an outdoor festival are two very different things to uh to to provide ticketing for uh but other than that no 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 we can we can skill till uh, yeah whatever whatever we want which which is very interesting yeah, of course. What would you say are some of the most like re requested features, both on the, you know, and I, I, so you guys have so many different, it's interesting because you have different users. You have, you know, you have the creator, the promoter, you have the artist, you have the consumer who's actually going and purchasing tickets. You have the event attendee. Like, where do you guys get the most like material feature requests? Where do you see that come from? Yeah, so, so. Uh, our designers, they are very uh, consumer centric. So they listen to consumers, right? They, they just look at the data and, and, and see what the consumers like. Um, me personally, from a business point of view, I always listen to my clients very good, right? Obviously. Um, they want to, so, so clients are lazy and they want to make as much money as possible, right? Um, what, what I always think is kind of funny, but also it's, it's, it's sort of cynical is, Everybody talks about, oh, I want all of this data and then uh, and, and, and this and that. But if you really get into the nitty gritty and, and, and see what they do with the data, uh, it's 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 like laughable. So so we so so what we do now is we, we we provide a data analyst with it, right? We say, all right, now you have this beautiful data, 
And this is Gijs. That's how he's called. And he's going to help you interpret it. Because otherwise they don't do anything with it. Uh, which which was kind of funny to me. Uh, but but now that really, uh, really, really seems to help. So you have all of the tracking uh, stuff. Uh, but the, the thing is, the, the problem is everybody uh, views ticketing as a commodity. It's this necessary evil. It's just, just no, no, no. I just need to get to collect my turnover and have proof of uh, uh, of an admission right. Um, but we we think we we can we can lengthen that life cycle by by a lot, right? So especially what you just said with the, with the event financing. So if you have put your money where your mouth is, you have this NFT in your own wallet. Uh, that proves that you uh, sort of contributed to the uh, the event. We can do all sorts of token gated stuff, right? So, uh, and this is all live already has been for well, almost years. Uh, so you can have token gated merch shops. Uh, yeah, all of the whole loyalty membership scheme is something we can prolong the the ticketing experience with. Um, <laughs> And if I'm not, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys are, and this is something I think is really uh, a huge, uh, huge opportunity that's really kind of overlooked in the industry right now. So ticket tickets as a, you know, tickets in themselves. Like I, I I'll give you an example. Like I went to uh, uh, a Yankee game when I was younger with my grandfather, and uh, it, it happened to be Jim Abbott, who was the one-handed pitcher's no hitter. He threw a no hitter baseball game, and I've always thought to myself, like I wish I had. Uh, like a, a memory of that ticket, like I and and I went to a Knicks playoff game or a Gi- the Giants playoff game, and like I have no record really of, of of attending these events and these experiences, even though these are some of the most memorable things that I've participated in in my life. And I feel like tickets have law lo- have, have now there is a there is this really interesting secondary market now that's been starting to come around tickets that have a real story behind them. I know I follow Darren Ravel; he's also become a friend of mine. He has a huge collection. Of like of really of, of really important tickets in sports history, etc. But like, so tell me a little bit about you know. I know you guys have been talking about that and working on turning these um, tickets into more than just an admission, but also something to collect and and and, and turn into memorabilia. What are your thoughts on that? And like, what are you guys doing there? Uh, so what what we did? Uh, so, so we have a lot of thoughts on this. I like it, eventually. I think this is this is going to be uh, the. the yeah, the crux of the added value we can, we can offer. Uh, but I think one of the most um, appealing use cases we did is we did the uh, Formula One race here at Zandvoort. So Formula One obviously is quite big now in, uh, in Holland because of Max Verstappen. Um, and what we did, uh, IP nightmare, by the way, working with F1. Uh, but we've, uh, I, I, I think my team uh, really, really uh, circumvented it in a really nice way. So what we did is, Everybody who bought a ticket, uh, we didn't do the admission rights, uh, but we did um, uh, the NFT distribution to anybody who had an admission right. Um, and what we did is we basically gave everybody a piece of the track. Uh, so every NFT was a coordinate of the track. Um, and it was, yeah, no, it was very cool and very successful as well. Um, so in the end, I think we had over 25k NFTs uh, claimed and interacted with. So, so actually active wallets uh, out of 300k. So for us, that was a really, really, really big percentage. Um, and next year, we're going to do like extras uh, on it. So first, they wanted to see, hey, is there engagement? Now, well, there was a lot of engagement. Um, and next year is going to be 
they're not going for this example, but this is always because I followed the example. I thought it was funny. Like if there's a crash on your coordinate, you would get like a, a year free of car insurance, right? stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're not going for it, you. but, but the, you, you get the gist, right? Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's basically what we're doing here. Um, they're really yeah. enthusiastic. So uh, for as long as the F1 will be in Zandvoort, we will be part of this event uh, in this way. And it's only with the, with the loyalty, uh, which I think is just awesomely mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you now? Okay. So let's talk about like growth. So, and, and now how do you expand? How does, how does market expansion happen? Growth? Like you said, you said before, like you guys have been in building mode for quite some time, getting the platform to a good place where, you know, it's ready to handle uh, more opportunities, more edge cases, more scale, et cetera. So now you're at this point where you want to, you know, create more awareness and bring more tickets, more events, et cetera. You know, what is, what is the go to market strategy look like? How do you, how do you expand? Um, into new markets, into new events, etc. Yeah. All right. So we, we've tried a lot, right? So, so during the course of seven years, mm-hmm. you can imagine we, we, we tried a lot of strategies. Um, in the end, only one thing works, uh, and that's where we are doubling down on. Uh, in the end, uh, whatever you... So, so if you think about what I said earlier about the, the big conglomerates vertically integrating the entire value chain, um, in the end, it's the creative so it's the artist that has the monopoly um and that's something we are capitalizing on so we think that if we persuade usually younger artists to take ticketing into their own hand that is the way to go so we have our own ticketing company here in holland Uh, we're quite successful why because we rang the doorbell of this artist and just said because he's like very vocal on secondary ticketing the guy's a complete like digibate. He he doesn't know anything about computers, but he just hates secondary ticketing. Uh, we just said, hey, we can solve it. He said, oh, I'm going to give you a shot, um, and that's why we grow. Uh, so all of the independent artists here in Holland basically do us. Uh, and what we're seeing, which is very very promising, is all of the YouTubers. So so all of that uh, basically creator economy guys uh, or girls or whatever. They're basically knowing, okay, I'm going to do my own ticketing because that's where the money is, et cetera, et cetera. And, but also that's where I get my own data uh, because again, in Holland, um, the artists do not uh, get the data from the ticket sales, which is batshit insanity. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what it is. Um, so that's the... Yeah, by taking your tickets under your own ownership. So I'm an artist. I want to say, you know what? I'm not going to sell my. Uh, is it like what is the what are you, what what's happening traditionally? Like you're saying, hey, Ticketmaster, you do all the ticketing, but then they get X percentage. So you're getting a massive cut in your in the p- profit potential of your ticket sales. Is that what's going on traditionally? Yeah, well, it it, it sort of depends. But let let let's say you are uh, let's let's. Take somebody who's quite a real Rod Stewart or uh, Madonna or whatever. So I think yeah. both of them have this. This the Michael Rapino calls it a three sixty deal. Um, so basically, it's it's everything you do I own, uh, but I give you this huge amount of money upfront. Uh, that's how a lot of the industry used to work. We think that's pivoting, uh, but it also takes a little bit of time. Uh, another very important thing. So, so, so we think for us, it's it's going to be the artists or the the influencers or, or whatever. Uh, but what also works very good, but you need like a big, big bag of money, 
um, is getting into the venues. Uh, but then you're basically going to yeah, enter the, the same pitch as Ticketmaster because basically then we're saying, oh, we're going to try and, and, and integrate vertically as well. So DICE is a very famous ticketing company from the UK. I think they raised over 80 million. Uh, no, they raised like 100 million. Over 80 million they used just to dish out signing fees to venues. So that's a very costly uh, growth route. Uh, but it does work, to be fair. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, as you were saying this, a thought came into my head, like, there is a, is there a path for almost like, almost like artist investments? Like, if you think about it, like, in a way, in a, if, you know, in a way, like, there's almost this ability to be, to make everybody part of the, um, what is it, the A&D, Artist and Discovery, or what is the, um, a and whatever it was, like the discovering of new artists, because think about it, if you could if you could say hey listen I'm I'm going to keep my ticketing rights and I'm going to share that revenue with the um, with my early you know early passionate adopters and consumers yeah. and audience there's a real opportunity where those people can be invested in an artist and maybe the investment strategy is a ten show strategy. And you know it unlocks capital to the to the artist on a show by show basis, and returns are received on a show by show basis because of the because of the um, because of that transparency that you're using this system as a ticketing platform. There's an, an element of hey, I, I can actually invest in an artist's career, and as their tickets become more valuable, as they do bigger and bigger events, like I see a return on my investment. So like it's like that connection of fandom with investment opportunity. There's a real interesting opportunity there. It's like, is that something that they think is viable in the future? Because I always love these DeFi like um, kind of components that could be that yeah. could be created, and that's a narrative and a story. Like that as a as a story in itself can resonate with a consumer oh, to be able to be like, oh, I want to fund their. Um, well, I, I, I will do you one better. So we've uh, we've uh, um, created a subsidiary uh, with one of our partners here. Uh, they are the producers, so they make all of the uh, the rigging for uh, Martin Garrix, for example. They do all of it, Chesto, those guys. Uh, quite a big production company. Mm -hmm. um, so basically what we're uh, doing is exactly this. So it's basically tokenizing fandom. We call it Fandom 3.0. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 and the way we do it is not through uh, cumbersome wallets because we think it's 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 too uh, important. I don't have a center uh, right here, uh, but basically we are creating uh, uh, statuettes uh, of them, um, small, medium, and large. Obviously, uh, by the amount of time you are willing to put into the the community, but also the amount you've uh, you've invested into it. Um, so this is actually something. We are launching this year, uh, so I will, I will happy, be happy to talk about it uh, once we've launched it. Uh, but this is exactly the route we are taking uh, because, again, we think that, uh, yeah, basically facilitating creators to, to make whatever they want uh, is, is the way. Oh, and by the way, we also thought about because you have the, the ticketing revenue, which is, which is very transparent, but we also thought about, but we, we haven't executed on this one. But uh, athletes like and then especially golf would be a very good one because like the ranking in golf is just money right uh so mm -hmm. you, but, but, mm -hmm. but, but but the same applies for that as well you could you could say oh this is a talented young golfer i'm willing to invest in his career mm -hmm. and i'm going to take a share of his uh, prize money in the future mm -hmm. which is great yeah, i can i mean you could even do that 
I could even see this. It could it could also work with YouTubers and uh, streamers that have followings of people that attend their events. So you have like you have the ability to have proof of participation, proof of attendance, while also being able to get cuts on revenue and things of that nature. There's you know there's definitely like I, I, again I think this is what's so cool about this is that the the ability to get the, the these types of events on chain open up an entire opportunity for new liquidity and new decentralized financial instruments. That's that's what's de- that's the power of this whole platform. So so like okay let's let's look to the future. What do you, where do, what's your what's the grand vision? Like where do you see this going? Yeah, well, uh, um, I think that uh, so the goal is to be uh, profitable by the end of twenty twenty five, and also have this baseline for the token. Uh, once we're there, uh, we want to do a huge uh, raise. So we want to be one of the first cash flow cash flow positive uh, uh, yeah crypto applications uh, that does a big race, um, and then it's 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 getting getting like new clients onboarded. Uh, so we need to be like this household name within the uh, the artist community, especially. Um, another thing we are really uh, looking into uh, as we speak is airline tickets so we want to be bigger than just the events industry uh, because we we yeah we think we understand the ticketing game way better now um, and especially with airliners so you have this huge component of loyalty which we can facilitate fairly fairly nice at the moment uh, but also the way Airline tickets technically work, so they basically push information to two semi-public APIs or semi-public databases, um, and we could we could really also make a big difference there. Um, so what we are thinking is basically widening the scope um, from events to anything access. Um, that's 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 the, the the bigger vision. Um, so we want to be a- access, access. It's, it's it's access at its core. Yeah. But it, it could be anything. So it's access, it's access at its core. And it, when you think about access at its core, then it's about you guys providing the ability to to to, provi- to allow people to issue access, to be able to people to receive the ability for access, to get financing, to create events that facilitate access, exactly. to be able to sell secondary markets, uh, sell secondaries of access. You know, it's a, I mean, it's a great it's a great thought right around there. It's like you know, thinking about the future and the broadness of of applications that can be built on a protocol like this. It's all about where does access where where does access live. Um, who creates it? Who ben- who consumes it? And then who finances it? And those are the, and if you answer those questions consistently, then there's a huge path for for various different types of opportunities and to reach all all levels of scale. Yeah, and 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 again, like the, and the opportunity is huge. It's, it's it's I think the total addressable market. If you include memberships, it's, it's like over seven hundred billion, which is just an absolute insane amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and and another thing yeah. is, so so in the seven years we we are doing this. Uh, and yes, we counted 168 projects of on-chain ticketing tried to take a stab at it. Um, mm-hmm. All of them, they took like the Web3 first approach, uh, which, is, which, is, which is the approach I would like to do as well. Um, but there was just, it, 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 like in, in, in a practical sense, it wasn't possible at the moment. And, and the other thing is like, if you just build a protocol and say, "Hey, this this is superior, go go and use this," nobody will want to. So, so we we, we had to prove it the long way, uh, which was very cumbersome. 
um, but but yeah, we, we we think was the only way to uh, to do it, um, and it's mm -hmm. I think the main reason why we're still in existence, and 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 we'll just be trucking along, bear market, no bear market. We'll yeah, just, no, I, mean, I, I actually think yeah, I mean I think that one of the biggest things I've always said that 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 I think have put you in a really position to be able to 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 to, to exactly to be able to navigate these markets is honestly the dog fooding is the ability to have your own ticketing business. Because um, you're gonna, I mean, a you're gonna learn a ton, but b that gives you an additional layer of revenue and profit that protects against some of the ups and ups and downs of this yeah. crazy market that we're in. Um, you know, how would you? I mean, like for you, for like for other companies and founders that are thinking about you know doing things like this, like how hard was it and challenging was it to be able to maintain and build the ticketing business while so focused on infrastructure protocol development? Like, was that a was that a uh, was that a difficult balancing act? Like, yeah, let me, let me uh, t talk about that for a second. Yeah, it, it, it was, and in all honesty, I, I, I don't think we have the right balance uh, at this moment, uh, even. Uh, so, so mm -hmm. we, what we basically did is we were very sort of. There wasn't this this walled garden, but but we had this Web two ticketing, uh, Web two development team, and this Web three development team, which obviously uh, had had some simultaneous projects uh, together, uh, mm -hmm. but we developed it like fairly independently from each other. Uh, because other ticketing companies should also be able to use our Web3 facilities. So that was basically the way we, uh, we perceived it. And only just now, mm -hmm. uh, literally 10 days ago, we said, all right, so now we, are, we, we, we basically said Web2 is done. Uh, we're not going to build any more functionalities for Web2. Anything, so any problem a Web2 client wants solved, we're going to do it through Web3 right now. Uh, so only yeah. just did we merge the Web2 and Web3 team. Uh, mm -hmm. Fucking finally, uh, excuse my French, yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. this was a point in, 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 the, in the journey of our organization I was really looking forward to because now finally we have this, yeah. this one fully focused uh, dev team that is going to uh, deliver fully permissionless ticketing on-chain uh, hopefully by the end of this year, then it's 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 fully decentralized. That that's that's the dream. Hopefully we're uh, sure. we're getting there. That's huge, huge, huge. Um, all right. Well, any, and now that we're uh, yeah, let's just real quick to put an investor hat on for a second with me. You know, in in you know you've been wearing you know you've been in this space for a while. What are the uh, you know if you were to deploy capital into other startups in the blockchain and Web three space, like you know what kind of companies or what kind of markets do you think are ripe for ripe for investing? Like what excites you as an investor? Yeah, so what excites me? Uh, so, so, so I, I I've always had this this love for DeFi, uh, maybe because of my banking background. I I really love it. I I, I just so so I think real world assets on chain. Um, Problem is, big problem, I think banks are not going to do it on a public ledger, uh, but they are replacing the rails uh, for settlement for sure. So it's decentralized ledgers. It's not public, shame, but still interesting. Um, personally, I, I think so in the EU, they've just passed this law that uh, you have the right to manage your own digital identity. I think that is hugely interesting. Uh, and also very, very, uh, so, so I had no idea that they actually thought about it in a good way. Um, but I think with the rise of AI, what, what you're going, going to get is you're going, going to get this, this baseline where everybody will distrust anything they see 
I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because now they just look on Facebook and think it's true. Um, people will then look on something and, and say, this is not true because uh, nobody has signed it. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you will have this cryptographic uh, signature and that all content will be uh, will be signed by something. So whoever's going to solve that puzzle is is, is going to be like a definitely very nice. Um, yeah. So those yeah. two things I think is, uh, is 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 very very interesting. I also sort of underline mm-hmm. what you say. Yeah. Yes. Applications will be uh, the next thing. Um, so then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking at wallets, who is going to solve the friction problem. Um, but I'm also sort of scared of, uh, like if Samsung or Apple enters the market, it's just boom, you know, it's, yeah. so I'm yeah. not sure if I would invest in that yeah. space. Uh, but I, I, I really yeah. love, uh, people building there. Yeah. I think those are the, mm-hmm. the three main ones. Yeah. That's great. Martin, I, re- I really appreciate your time, buddy. You guys have a, a huge uh, a huge road ahead. It's really exciting. Uh, I'm glad RBV gets to participate in it at a small level. And uh, um, yeah, thank you for joining. Uh, this was great ha- great having you. Guys, if you're uh, if you're watching and you enjoyed the, enjoyed the show, give it a like, thumbs up, subscribe. If, if you have any comments or questions, don't, uh, don't hesitate to uh, drop them. I'll uh, make sure myself or Martin can respond. And, uh, you know, appreciate our sponsor, Alto. And And uh, we'll look to see you uh, next week. Thanks so much. This has been a Redbeard Ventures production.